Welcome back to the boys at 161st Street, episode 243. Today is January 25th, and it has been a long time. I hope everybody had a uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving, Christmas, <laughs> New Year's, all of those things in between <laughs> since the last time we recorded. But there really hasn't been shit that has happened, obviously, and I don't think you guys want to listen to us babble about uh, the uh, Adirondack Thunder games and Dollar Beer Nights there. If you do... Shoot us a DM, and we'll record a, a solo podcast uh, just for you, and we'll DM the audio to you. So um, that would be sick. <laughs> actually, we do have we have a pretty good amount to talk about. That's uh, obviously Yankees related because we haven't talked in a while. But uh, before we get into all of that, how's everybody's life been for the last uh, month and a half? <laughs> you know, good, not great. I guess. Eh. Why? We'll say good. We'll say no. good. I don't know. That's like a great way of happening. putting it, Damon. Yeah, something's good, then something's bad. You know, it's just life. <laughs> well, excited so to get back a, though. I got a puppy. That's probably the most exciting news that has happened in all four of our lives. I would say so. At least that by far and away by mine. Yeah. yeah Her I'm name really is Josie. She's adorable. I know you were debating doing Yankees names. So what did you? What made you land on on Josie? Yeah, so if it was a boy, they were all Yankees names. Um, I was having trouble coming up with a good girl Yankee name, but part of the reason we like Josie is because of the nicknames we've got. Like I call her Joe or JoJo most of the time, which in my head is a play on Joe DiMaggio. So that's how I worked my way into that. But uh, also a Steely Dan song that I happen to like quite a bit, so it worked out. Could have rolled with Dee Dee. I do like Dee Dee. That would have been a good one. Did you get not forgotten? It was basically like Susan or Meredith, and I'm not a big fan of those as a dog name. Meredith is like a mouthful for a dog. Yeah, and Susan doesn't sound like it. Like I don't know any dogs named Susan. And apologies if anyone like does Susie. have a dog named Susan, but yeah, Susie. Yeah. yeah. I, I tried. I, I liked Mickey as for a girl's name. That was the one I was kind of going for. But All right, so we might as well start this episode off with some breaking news, uh, or breaking news to these airlines at least. So Carlos Rodon signed with the Yankees about a month ago. Um, so <laughs> let's break that down a little bit now. Um, not too much because it's old news, and we'll get into the conversation that everybody wants to talk about, which is Aaron Hicks being our left fielder, and that's always... Super fun to talk about on this podcast together. So, um, Carlos Rodon, immediate, quick, one-minute thoughts. Everybody goes once. Go, Chandler, start. Uh, don't really know if there's anything else to say other than, like, excited. Didn't think they had the balls to actually do it. It's a lot of money. It's really good. And has had injuries. Those are three things the Yankees kind of shy away from. So, I don't know. I'm pumped. I think he'll be... They actually, I think I saw somewhere that his like war and shit is projected to be the same or higher than Garrett Cole's. I think that's kind of a slap in the face to Garrett Cole, or maybe they just think he's going to be really fucking good. But if he comes anywhere close to Garrett Cole, that's pretty fucking incredible. I think it's fair to say they're in the same tier. I think they're in the same tier, but like, 
to say they're going to have the same performance. Are you are you really expecting it though? Are you expecting Carlos Rodon to be the same as Garrett Cole? I think if they're the same, it's more likely <clears throat> that Cole had an off year than Rodon was lights out. That's but if Cole has an off year, is that just who Garrett Cole is now? That's a whole another can of worms that we don't. I feel like they're going to they're the going to play off each other very. They're going to play off each other in a good and a bad way. Like if one does well, they're going to want to compete to see who does better. And if Garakul has a good outing, then Rodon's going to go out and try and top that and vice versa. I think, I think the exact opposite too. If one of them has a bad game, I think it might have a negative impact on them too. I disagree, Damon. Yeah, but we also, it was a move that we absolutely (laughs) had to make. Like priority number one was get judge check. And then priority two was find somebody to actually contribute to the rotation. And he was the best available option. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's kind of the like, bottom line. And they they did do like 75% of the things we wanted them to do this offseason so far. So it's like it's one of those things that we expected or we wanted we wanted, we wanted to happen really badly. And it, and it, and it happened. So um, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm exci- I don't I'm, ex- I'm excited to see actually like a full our rotation that's actually good i'm excited don't get me wrong but i don't necessarily think that adding another starter was a necessity or a priority i don't agree i mean especially with Montas being down for the first month i know we didn't know that at the time of signing him but i think adding him I mean, it absolutely is a necessity to too yeah montas has proved nothing sevi proved a lot so we have sevi cole uh nestor nestor i mean nestor. I, it's definitely and the, I mean, the teams that win World Series are the ones that are, are deep and can go head-to-head and match up pound-for-pound pound with teams like the Mets put together last year. I'm, I'm just using them as an example because of the rotation that they had. But, like, you have to be able to go up against DeGrom one night, Scherzer the next night, and vice versa with all the rest of the teams. Like, that's in large part why the Astros were so good because they had all these starters that they pulled seemingly out of fucking nowhere. I mean, I know Framber Valdez is a name now, but at the time he wasn't. But that's seemingly the recipe to win because you can convert starters into relievers. And I think we're at that point or that echelon of teams that you can immediately in the spring start thinking about how you stack up in a postseason matchup because we've made the playoffs so many times. So I think that's exactly what it is. It's not about make, getting from you know his war, getting us from you know 96 wins to 98 wins. Like I could care a little less about that. It's more about how does it play in the postseason, assuming that we get there. And I think, I don't know, I, I, last year we didn't really change that much and we got a lot better. So this year, adding him, bringing back Judge, I know that doesn't really change anything. We brought back Rizzo. That didn't really change anything. We're, we're talking about getting Jerks in Profar, which is going to be the next best signing uh, after Darren O'Day was a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I think it is a big deal, and I think it was – Oh, it's a huge deal. Don't get me wrong. It's a massive, massive deal. It's a massive improvement. I'm just saying I don't, in my eyes, I don't think that was like a weakness to, that's not the move that makes you beat the Astros. Like the things that well, what the is Astros beat. Well, what would you have done? A, other, a in, bat. In, in place I mean, of that. You, I mean, a bat, but and then, well, the reason the Astros have beat us in the playoffs year after year after year is not because of pitching. Like our starting pitching's done fine. Look at where we faltered last year. We couldn't score any fucking runs. And when we did the bullpen, like the starters pitched their nuts off the entire series and we still got swept. So 
I'm not saying that he's not important. I'm not saying it's a massive get. Like if you're not excited about it, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. But like, I, I don't know that it's necessarily, you know, priority number one. Like, I don't think that signing Carlos Rodon automatically makes you any more of a world series contender than you already were. Does and this, there's does, truth to that because that. <clears throat> you look around the diamond and what we have now, I mean, it looks like unless Profar comes in or some other left fielder that we don't know about, it's going to be Hicks and left again, Donaldson at third again, and then either IKF or a rookie at shortstop. So I forgot about Donaldson. There are question marks for sure. That, I mean, it could what? work out. Cabrera could fill into left just fine. You know, we don't know, but it, maybe it wasn't the biggest need, but it was if we were going to get a pitcher, he was the only one that made sense because any we don't need another three or four, but he is an ace. He's not the number one, obviously Cole is, but he is that caliber pitcher, and it still helps out tremendously, especially in the playoffs. Again, not disagreeing with any of that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying we're returning the same offense that was practically anemic for large parts of last season, large parts of 2021 the second half of 2020 you're not going and getting an impact bat which i'm not again i'm not complaining it's been better off season season than any of us thought probably the episode before the one we talked where we were all convinced that judge was going to be a giant and we were going to be running out fucking cole calhoun in right field like they've done a lot this off season and it's not a failure of an off season all I'm saying is I still think they're at least one impact bat away from truly threatening the Astros. I think yeah, it definitely makes them a World Series team. I mean, they when you say they were anemic. They were anemic at points, but they were second in runs scored per game only to the Dodgers. So I, I think it just at the time when we needed it, it went anemic, but that's not a very predictable thing. Baseball is random. So when you have the team that had scored the second most runs per game at 4.89 a game and you add Rodon to that I would be very very convinced that we can win the World Series and should win the World Series again every year is a World Series or busted until that happens I'd be we, curious what the split on that is first half versus second half because they were that's true like <clears throat> it was essentially unprecedented what they were doing in all facets in the first half yeah, and, I remember my prediction was that they would be a number two offense in the league. I, I didn't realize that it actually finished at number two. Do you remember I said top two, only behind the Dodgers? That's exactly what happened. It's kind of crazy. Right, but it was like all. Largely, yes, it was it was top heavy, but I'm just saying it's it's funny that it ended up being that. I didn't, I didn't check up on that. I mean, that's fine that they had this awesome year like on the stat sheet, but it's it's a recurring theme. This isn't a one-time ordeal that this same group has just gone totally flat when the lights are on it's not like they blew the doors off of cleveland and the ds either so uh i don't know i i think cleveland in many ways deserved to win the first series um we got a few lucky breaks forced to game five and here we are but whenever they walked off game three i was pretty convinced that we were gonna lose like we were gonna lose that series and go home and I don't know. I, I just, I, I think they're good. I think they're in that. There's a tier of the Astros, the Phillies, the Padres, if you want to group them in there, the Mets. And then I think we're in firmly like top of the pack of that second tier of teams that could get hot at the right time to win a World Series. But I don't think by any stretch of the imagination should they be considered 
favorites to make it there. They shouldn't be favored to, you know. Yeah, but, but, but Cashman said that Aaron Hicks has come back though. So okay, yeah. well, I didn't factor that. How does that? How does that yeah, change you, your opinion? <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't think about that one, did you? And <laughs> you stumped me. <laughs> Well, factoring a fully healthy Aaron Hicks, that takes you from like <laughs> 99 wins to like 96. So, um, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, Cashman said he's still really talented and everything is there. Whatever the fuck that means. Okay, let's unpack everything is there because my definition of, of, of the Aaron Hicks that I was watching last year, everything is running into walls. It's just looking sad on the field. It's, I mean, it, there, there, there's a time and a place for padding a, a, a guy's just like emotions and making him feel good. Like that is so far gone. He's only saying he's just the last man standing and we gave the bag to two players and we unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to say we don't have the money, but there's no one else on the fucking market. And it's really between him and the rumors that were swirling around. Like, like I was saying before jerks and Profar and, I don't know a lot about Jerickson Brofar. I know that he was always the guy that you got to start a team in tap sports baseball, but, and I have watched jerks and profile play before, but I haven't looked with a, a very close well, eye. Was... And he just seems to me just after a quick glance at his stats that he's, he's better than Hicks for sure. But like, I don't know. He's I, one of the I, biggest could have been in recent memory. He was supposed to use, you know, highly touted. And then he kind so of figured it out last year. No, no. He was like... I know he was. Boxed I, I, I'm kidding. I know type. about Jerks and Profar. And I know he was supposed to be. And the only thing that I would say... I mean, I'm not going to say the only thing. I would prefer Jerks and Profar to Hicks. And I still think we should go after him because Absolutely. of a lot of things. I think, I mean, last year alone, he post a, posted a career best 2.1 war compared to Hicks's, I think, like one point something. He played more games than Hicks, but whatever. Um 723 OPS, 111 OPS plus, 15 homers. The thing that I like the most about him is just he's extremely versatile. He plays like every position. He plays, I think, every single position except for pitcher and catcher during his eight-year MLB career. I think that's a lot. I mean, I, I don't know that he's a fast player. I think he's just as slow as Hicks. I think his defensive abilities are probably a little better than Hicks. I mean, anything be better. anything's better than what we saw at Hicks last year. So, I I think if that's still on the table, which I believe it should be, I mean, he's not going to cost you much. We should definitely go after Jerks and Profar, but I I just can't see how you can run it back with Hicks, knowing that there is a better option for no money available. I mean, who else is still in the market? That's the best left fielder available on the market, but I think let's play a game. Let's let's play. Who would you rather have on the open market than Hicks? Because everybody that's left in the open market, rather Cabrera play play left field. Well, it makes you want to kind of revisit Benintendi. And I can't remember exactly what he signed for, but I remember it was, you know, five or six years. I think it was South of a hundred million. Most the highest paid player in white Sox history. Really? yeah, I know it's not saying much. He didn't sign a big deal, but it's, it's I, 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 very, I could be way off, but I'm pretty sure it is around five or six years and less than a hundred million. And I would take that in a heartbeat right now, as opposed to Hicks or signing Profar. Maybe there were other reasons he didn't come back, and I really can't remember back to when he signed with a, that much clarity. But if you had the option right now, 
sign him for that or add another year and another 10, 12 million, would you take it? And I think the answer for most people would be yes, because the alternatives are terrible. You sign and five you're, you're years, banking, 75. That's even less than I guessed. I would, I would have guessed probably 90 if I had to pick a number, but um, you know, I, I would take him for six years, 90 million over throwing Hicks out there or throwing all your eggs in Cabrera's basket. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, they have the money, so I don't know why they didn't. So, I don't know. The uh, active free agent outfielders aren't looking too hot. I'll say that much. I, I think mean, that they were banking on the trade hot. for Reynolds, and then they saw the price. And, you know, I think that had a lot to do with it, because if you sign him, then obviously you're out of that market. And then there was the Dalton show trade talks. Like, that. you know, there, there were efforts, as Cashman put it on. I forget. He was on something, and he said there were efforts. Um, when he was talking about Hicks being the starter. And I think that those efforts were looking at outfielders in the winter meetings and then trying to trade for Reynolds and maybe Varsho during those rumors. But now you either have to really pony up and trade for somebody or they're not going to win a World yeah, Series of I mean, Hicks out there. I know, but no I one. feel like at, at this point, like the, the time to sign a, a free agent has, has passed in that perspective for the outfield. I mean, I like, you can you can I, still get profile. Like I, I, I would prefer. Like it's not, it's not, it's not that, it's not that big of a jump though. It's like, I, I mean, Benettoni I think is significantly better or has a lot more upside. Let's put it that way, than yeah. than these two other guys. Like, I don't know. I feel like Hick, Hicks and Profar are like pretty much. They're not. They're not that yeah. different. And you know, if we have Profar out there, it's not going to be like, that's the key piece that ties no, the and I'm not together. begging to get Profar, and I'm, I really wouldn't give a fuck if we didn't get him. I'm just saying, he plays a lot of positions. He's better than Hicks. He's available. It's not going to cost much. It doesn't make sense to really not. I mean, if yeah, we, we have when, those when guys when in minor leagues. I'll, that's true, I'll, too. I'll, I'll, Cabrera. I would prefer Cabrera just Same to be person. the everyday left fielder. I don't even, that's my point. Is like, why do you even make that comment and say, that Hicks is going to be the left fielder when you have a, a perfectly capable, way better in a, in a, a new year in the league. Nothing's changed with prospects and the organization. That's why. Like we we saw we saw like a a nice taste of it last year because we had to, but now we get back to you know the off season and starting getting ready for opening day again. And it's just business as usual. We're just going to roll out the same team and not trust the young guys again. Even though we did see success with it, which is the most frustrating part. Would much rather see Peraza and uh, Cabrera out there than fucking IKF and Hicks. So let's talk about shortstop. That's enough talking about Aaron Hicks. So I just honestly forgot that IKF was on the team. So happy to have him back. <laughs> but who do you think plays the most games at shortstop this year? I saw somebody do this, and I think it would be sorry to just commandeer this, but I saw somebody ask this question. I don't remember who. So if you're a loyal listener, I'm sorry, but like, what do you think the breakdown is between shortstop this year? And you can use IKF Cabrera, like an unnamed veteran that they sign inevitably uh, Peraza Volpe, you do percentages or games played or whatever. That's a little, little bit of mental math to spring on you, but I think it's kind of an interesting conversation. I would hope that it's ma- – why not Peraza? I, I would hope it's mainly Peraza. I would give the job to Peraza. I mean, I would put Cabrera in left. I'd put Peraza at short. I would keep Glaber at second. And I think the unnamed veteran that they would sign would probably be 
I could totally see DJ them LeMay if they or DJ LeMay who played would play. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I'm saying they're not going to sign a shortstop because you have IKF and DJ LeMayhew outside of that infield. So like they're they're your two infield subs. Like maybe they'll sign somebody for spring training as a long shot, but realistically, yeah, there's DJ not going to be another infielder sub. on the roster. Just put well, where does he play? Real if DJ LeMay is coming off the bench, I think that should be addressed immediately before he gets He's back not to that. coming off that's the bench. A, that's a massive mistake. Then where's he playing? That? I, I third. think he should play third, and Donaldson should sit the bench. Well, I mean, th- I'm stop, fine with that. Stop with this conversation because this is exactly what we talked about last year, and they found a way to mix him in. DJ just played a different position every single day and was fine. Obviously, he got hurt, but like that, that would be how the formula that I would write up again. He would just swap into third. He plays some games at second, first, give Rizzo some breaks move into the DH spot, all that stuff. So that's going to be how it goes. Let's focus on shortstop right now. I don't know why. I mean, IKF's going to play at least half the games at shortstop. Is that unfair I to don't say? Think, I don't think that's true. I, I hope it's not. I, I just I think it's a catastrophe if he does, and it honestly wouldn't shock me if they traded IKF. I guess where this conversation gets interesting, <laughs> a team that needs it anything at shortstop that doesn't have a Peraza or Volpe. I think this conversation gets interesting, though, when you talk about Volpe. I mean, they've made it pretty public that the race this spring is between Volpe and Peraza, and IKF's basically just getting his turn at the glue factory. So I don't think Volpe's going to win the job, but I think he's going to – I think he's going to get some play this year if he does anything like he did last year doesn't even have to he doesn't even have to match his 2022 if he rolls out into triple a and does something i don't, or if I don't, he has the I don't think they're gonna bring ever, him up this year i mean that they're going to bring him up this year. i hope somebody's so. gonna get hurt and he's gonna be the first guy up if it's an infielder so you think it's gonna be the exact situation that brought up like cabrera yeah, Cabrera yeah, was basically yeah. the next man up. I mean, the next I mean man it would have to be the from... infield, but you, you look around. I mean, you have Donaldson, Rizzo, and DJ, who are all in their 30s. And, I mean, I know Rizzo's a workhorse, but injuries happen, especially when people are at that age. And, you know, Peraza's a rookie. If he's struggling and he can play other positions, then, you know, who knows? Like, I think he'll find a way to get up this year. He's I don't think he's on the opening roster, and I certainly don't think he's starting at shortstop until after the All-Star break. That was my line I was going to set. Uh, Do you think he comes up by the All-Star break? Yeah. It's possible. And does he stay up? That's my question, too. That's all circumstantial, really. I think for him to break the opening day roster, it's going to take a pretty bad spring from Raza and a Chris Bryant rookie of the year level spring training from Volpe where he's just hitting a home run seemingly every at-bat. He's hitting like 600. I mean, mean, how many AAA pitches has he even seen? I, I don't have that was a question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he played like 20 games in triple A. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's definitely not gonna be opening day, but I think that it all depends on. I would take him. Short, short, the short stop. So, he had 99. I, mean, yeah, I would too. No, I'm, saying, I'm saying regardless of the hundred plate appearances in triple A, I don't give a fuck because IKF should see a few more pitches in triple A next year. I think that they should make a, <laughs> they should make a swap. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm not worried whatsoever because what do you like? We've always said that we sound like a broken record at this point, but what do you have to lose? The worst case scenario, and this is what Chandler says all the time the worst case scenario is he is what IKF gives you. So 
just do it. Yeah. Or just let Peraza rock. And I, that's my point is I don't really think we need to bring up Volpe or rush him. I'm not, and I'm not one that likes to prospect hug and keep him down or anything like that. But I, I Peraza has shown enough to be pretty dang good. And he's, he's a pretty, very good defender. He's, if you're even if you're waiting for Volpe to be that guy and you want to trade Peraza or whatever you want to do with him, you can bring up Peraza and he's that stopgap. Even if he's terrible offensively, which he's not, he's a very good defender. So he's the stopgap you you wanted to get when you got you brought in IKF. So I just don't see a reason to not That's let him. That's crazy just... that we're talking about Peraza as the stopgap. I'm not saying he's year, a stopgap. He I'm saying same conversation. If not, he was higher. If anything, and he still could be. I, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying. He has uh, solely based on what he offers defensively. He should be in the lineup every single day over IKF because he offers more on one side of the coin than IKF does on both. So that's why that's fucking middle school level. Yeah, Yeah. that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not a good offensive player and anything like that. I'm just saying he. Yeah, I mean, at his his worst, he's a good defender. Yeah, I think yeah. he's due for a lot of regression offensively. Just, I could be wrong here. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure his expected numbers were a lot lower. So, uh, I don't know how much you want to factor that in. It's a small sample size, but and he wasn't amazing offensively before, you know, the second half of his AAA season this year. That's why I think there's there's a door for Volpe to make it this year. I, I'm with you, Damon. I don't think he's going to make the opening day roster. I think it would take a lot it would take probably an injury and a really really good spring but i i think if he starts in triple a and we're looking at him in what when does the season start march april so if we're looking in the middle of may and he's just tearing the cover off the ball can't get out he's you know player of the week I I don't think I think they're looking for a reason to bring him up and I could be wrong cuz it's the Yankees and they do stupid shit especially with their young players but I think they're looking for a reason to bring him up rather than a reason to keep him down like they were for Peraza last year. I hope so. I mean, that'd be the first case in a long time with a Yankee prospect, so I hope that's true. Be the first time since like Gary Sanchez they want Yeah, to that Aaron Judge guy. Bad. Yeah. Gary yeah. and Judge, Tyler Austin, that Greg Bird. <laughs> last time that fucking, it's the only time that worked out. And speaking of Judge, I know we basically have only talked about Judge, but uh, it's fun seeing him post contract after he signed, getting three hundred sixty fucking million dollars after hitting sixty plus home runs and winning MVP. To just see him go around, he's doing like the New York tour. He went to Madison Square Garden two nights in a row to a Rangers and a Knicks game. He went on fucking Jimmy Fallon. He went to a Drake concert, and they were. Did you see them chanting "Let's go Yanks" at the Drake concert too? Yeah, that was sick. I just think that's awesome, and I and it's just it's fun seeing him. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm, if I'm missing anybody, but I think it's just based on those four nights, like just his resounding chants and everything that he got at all. He's he's the king of New York, of course, right? Like not oh, even yeah. close. Yeah. He uh he's stepping to a new level new level of like I mean you get the captain like, yeah it's 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 a new level I don't know. captain of the yeah, Yankees in New York it's not a new level uh, it's different that it, was Jeter way more than it but I think I think so he's far, he's, he's coming the only up. one sniffing that yeah yeah he's coming up to I, I, a level I mean, of iconness in New York that I think nobody yeah. has sniffed since Jeter in and I'm not even saying. 
you know, we, 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 we've been, <laughs> we've been comparing, <laughs> you know, judge to Jeter a lot in terms of the captainship. I'm talking about overall, just New York culture. I think judge has risen to that level. And I think that's, that's a lot considering, you know, the, where baseball has been as of late with just culture and all that stuff. I mean, think about the, the current players in New York right now, that would even be considered to that are the top in their other sports. I mean, I don't consider Josh Allen. Josh Allen's Buffalo. I don't. That's basically not. Hey, don't you dare! It's the don't great, you it's dare! The great First West, of all, there, he plays on the only team that plays in New York. Second of all, don't you dare trash upstate. Well, that's kind of up in we're New York left too. state, but I, I I don't if Judge played Dude, ju- in if Buffalo. You, I, don't I don't know think if you've that, noticed the way that Giants fans talk about Daniel Jones, but he might. It's ridiculous. For half of New York, thinks Daniel Jones and Aaron Judge are on the same tier because they talk about Daniel Jones like he's the Lord. Savior, being an nobody Eagles else fan in football too, thinks that. I know. Being an Eagles fan too, I, they, I hear the conversations as of recently because they just played the Giants. Obviously, the Daniel Jones versus Jalen Hurts, and the amount of people that are like. Oh my God! Like uh, even after the loss, you're like, I'd still take Daniel Jones, no problem. Ten times out of ten, and like, what just did you not watch? What just happened? <laughs> did you not watch? Like, I mean, even in college, like who Jalen Hurts is versus who Daniel Jones is. I mean, it's just it's not close, and pe- they're just as thick headed as ever. So I agree with that. But I'm just saying, in terms of the other New York athletes, I mean, Igor Shosturkin, Josh Allen, Pete Alonso, Kevin Durant, Saquon, like Francisco Lindor, like none of them even come close. But I think he's like I was saying before, he's in a league of his own, and the person that he's he's sniffing is definitely what Derek Jeter the was. Cl- yeah, the closest active one is far and away Josh Allen, because I know you guys live down in the city, but up here, Josh Allen is like God, the most known athlete. Yeah, like but at, Josh he and Aaron Allen, Judge are right, like the only two you can ask anybody on the street; they know who those two are. Well, I can guarantee Josh Allen can walk down the streets of New York, and he could just. No, he, he, he would be recognized. No, that's not true. He would totally. He's, I mean, he's a big dude. That's part of what Judge is very recognized. I'm not saying no one knows him. I'm just saying a lot of people would notice Aaron Judge. I you mean, remember Josh when Judge Allen did looks like thing? everybody because I've been told I look like Josh Allen and I'm there nowhere near as tall or <laughs> as handsome. No, I swear to God, I'm, I'm, I'm being sorry. dead serious. I don't know if that was you. I'm trying just to saying fish he looks a like a normal but guy. That's not. Aaron Judge does not. You don't look, look like, like a normal guy. guy. You look like a very unique person. For those who don't know what Murph looks like, go check out the YouTube. Good plug. Nice. Plug. But Josh Allen also you look has no facial like hair either. <laughs> no, I, dude, I swear I've gotten it. Like yeah, he's got a little shaved. bit of a baby face. I, I don't know if, if I... you shaved. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Josh Allen has. I've seen. I've seen a younger picture of you. No, there's like one picture particularly that I've had people send to me and say that. I Can you send it to us? And how far did you throw in the punt, pass, and kick? I, we didn't do that, but I uh, <clears throat> back in high school, I could throw a football a quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, Pete Alonzo is, uh, is a shit. I, I, Pete I was, just making, a fucking that, I was making that uh, that claim just because, like, I mean, look at the other play. I mean, K- Kevin Durant. I mean, I feel like nobody fucking gives a shit because he's on the Nets. So I forgot Kevin Durant played. That's basketball. what I'm saying too. And I don't really watch a lot of basketball, so somebody who's listening to this who is a big basketball basketball fan, big Nets fan, can uh, tell me to kick rocks and suck bricks. But I just, yeah, that's I think I think Brooklyn too, though it's different. Yeah, I just think it's fun. I think it's fun seeing him go out and about and mosey around the town and just like he's he's completely that dude now. Like he was that dude to us. 
just because we're we're in the, this universe so so cl- we're close so close with it so just fun to see just like random events that aren't even sports related him going to a drake concert and everybody's just like yeah. he's on the jumbotron there and he's getting noticed and hearing let's go yanks chats it's just like it's really really cool to see um, he lives in the city we gotta give uh yeah i was about to we, segue both of you because go ahead damon well shall said it first well, Chandler was saying he's living in the city, but that's a connection to the uh, famous dog who I actually saw at the bagel shop. But Rizzo, you can give him his his flowers, Damon. Oh yeah, Rizzo's dog, uh, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Rizzo was sending pictures of Rizzo's dog, Kevin, and Judge's dog together to get every day. To get him to- Every day to get to stay in New York. I love that. Pretty effective. I think just Rizzo, as much of a locker room guy as we've said, he is so fucking cool. Pound for pound, dollar for dollar, he is worth every penny times six. Just because of that, and like what he does in the locker room. What he does—it's not like he's a schlep on the field. What he does in the field, and then the recruiting part of that is just like being a pest. And he was talking about that in Fallon, like. And they obviously really fucking love each other. Like they're very close friends, and I I find that really fun because Rizzo obviously lives close to where I live, so I'm gonna be on the lookout for a six foot seven, two hundred and eighty pound man walking the streets because uh, he might go to the bagel shop that I I go to. But I did see Kevin Kevin the, the dog. It's such a ridiculous name for a dog. Yeah, it is. It's a very much person name. I know. He was saying, like, I don't know what, what Judge's dog's name, but it was like a dog dog name. It was like, yeah, here's a picture of, like, for lack of a, a better word, like Nala and, or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like, uh, was a Max, dog's name and Spike. then, and then Kevin. <laughs> Just like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, happy to have it back. Rizzo saved the Yankees season. Could you yeah. imagine if we didn't have Judge? Like, no. what would this year look like? What would I think be... the team would have folded. Yeah, I mean, I, we we said it before. I think if we lost Judge, there was... I, I hoped that they wouldn't have gone into a panic and signed a bunch of new people. Um, I just feel like that's probably what they would have done, but the better option there would have been probably to just do a mini rebuild. This... rebuild. <clears throat> I'm only asking this question because I have a weird feeling that... It's going to be something we're going to revisit. Now that Judge signs this contract, of course he's never going to match the season he had last year and 62 home runs, everything like that. I think he is. He's going to regress. How much do you think he regresses this year now that he's got his contract and all that? And how quickly, if he struggles, are Yankee fans to start? Are Are you talking about just home runs? No. Overall, offensively. But yeah, not just home runs. Just Overall, at the plate, like his expectations are as high, if not higher, than they've ever been. Because you could say yeah. last year he might have had more pressure, but it wasn't necessarily because of higher expectations. I think a lot of what he was chasing made him get to that level. I think if he wasn't chasing a specific number, he probably wouldn't have gotten to sixty-three. You know, I I, I think he probably would have. It had like 59 or something like that you know or i don't know but i think not having that target i mean maybe he breaks it again what if he breaks it again murph 
What would you set that line at? <laughs> then, then he's worth every dollar for the rest of the contract, even if he doesn't get a hit the rest <laughs> of the career after that. But, like, I, I, it's going to happen, and I'm just curious how – because they booed him in the playoffs. Like, how long is it going to take him to start booing the guy that they wanted so bad in the offseason that they get the captainship and everything like that? It's just, I don't think – the people who booed him – I can say, all, for, all I'm saying is that I can see it. I can see him getting booed before, like – It's going to take July. two weeks. Like, if he yeah. starts the season off hitting, like – a buck 20 and doesn't have a home. Like if he starts the season off, like he did last year where he didn't have a home run for the first like 19 games and the Yankees were kind of just sleepwalking through March and April, then I could see him getting booed. But I mean, that's just cause people are fucking. Yeah. Idiots. I mean, the people who are going to boo him are going to boo him no matter what. And now those people who are not us, like they are, they have fuel to their fire too, because now he has a $360 million bag. So now it's just like that. The reason for booing other people, like a brand new person who comes into town, who doesn't perform right away after a huge contract, they get booed. Like that's just how it works. And now that that same irrational person is going to there's they're more likely to boo him. So if you're asking me if I think he will get booed, I I do think so. And I it, I mean yeah, of course he is. They booed Jeter too, but the you know the whole it's just it's. Interesting. And it's a different kind of pressure and a different kind of expectation, I think. And it's, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how it responds to that. Yeah. I mean, also remember, it's going to, a large part is going to be how the, the team does as well. It's like the team Very is off to a shitty start and Judge is also doing shitty, then he's more likely to get booed. But if the team is doing well and he's like struggling a little bit, they're going to give him some leeway, obviously, because pe- yeah, fans are just going to be upset that the teams are losing or not. That's yeah, why that's people booed in the playoffs. It had nothing to do with yeah. Judge. Everybody was tired of watching the same fucking team go out there and lose yeah. nothing to the Astros every goddamn night. Yeah, yeah. if the game's I mean, exciting and we're winning, then like, for, the, like you know, he'll figure it out until Judge is not up. Because if there's one person to hold <clears> the booze for, I mean, I, I know he had a really terrible postseason, but it's all right. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Think, I mean, how bad do you think they boo Aaron Hicks on opening day? If uh, I mean, if he, if he strikes out. out if he has, if he strikes out his first at bat, he's gonna get shit thrown at him. I'm saying yeah. when they <laughs> he's either gonna strike out a walk because he's not yeah. gonna hit the ball. I, that's what I was I'm gonna saying. ask you. Like, when do you? Th- and it's not how bad. It's how early do you? Th- I think he genuinely when they announce his name as well. No, I don't even it, think he has to start when they're doing the you know opening day. They go through everybody's name, like bench players, coaches, all that shit. I think when they go through the bench players, they're gonna boo the absolute motherfuck out of Aaron Hicks. So you're saying when you, when they walk out of the dugout and line up on the on like the foul yep. lines, I know exactly what you're talking about. They line up at the foul lines. They do like God bless America, whatever it is. So that that little trot to their their spot where they stand next to their friends, absolutely yep. will be booed there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, so so basically, as long as he's on the roster, he will get booed in the first one minute of being of the 2023 season. He will never get a warm welcome again. No. Matt, you just like sneakies and all-star next year? Just out of nowhere. I, I'd really bet my cool. life that he won't. And if he does, he probably won't get a hit this whole second half. But. If Aaron Hicks is an all-star next year, I know Imagine I've been... Imagine he does his 30 I'll, I'll I've been saying this for a while, but... <laughs> I'll genuinely like swallow a baseball hole if he is an all star next year. I, I'm pretty sure you have like two or three baseballs on deck to swallow. But this one I would actually do. All star on the Yankees. Yeah, if he's an all star on the Yankees, I'll swallow a baseball hole. Regulation MLB size. Better yet, I'll, think- I'll swallow this Glaber Torres signed baseball that I have. 
which is becoming more and more uh, valuable as you as you guys have been obviously watching uh, based on Glaber performance recently. But I think you should do it. I don't know if you listen to part of my take or if you ever have, but Big Cat has a pinky team every year where if they win this <laughs> the Super Bowl, this. he'll cut off the tip of his pinky. I think if Aaron Hicks makes an all-star team, makes the all-star team as a Yankee this year, you should have to cut off the tip of your pinky. That's fine. I'll do I'll that. do it with you. I think it's pinky toe. No, I think it's his pinky finger. Yeah, I'll pinky cut finger. off both. I don't care. I'll cut off both pinkies, all four of them. <laughs> I, I, there's no fucking way. I mean, there's not Aaron, a chance. Aaron, Aaron Judge has more of a chance to turn into Chris Davis than Aaron Hicks has a chance of turning into an all-star. Yeah, that's Yeah, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, that's, that's our quote table for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all I had to chat about for the Yankees today. But uh, it was fun. This was fun to check back in. Um, I guess you can expect regular episodes from me here. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to get back a into lot, A lot of nothing, but yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Look, I'm going to be brutally honest. We'll be here talking listening. about something. We'll be here talking about something. I do want to get back into the regular routine because this is fun. Um, we're going to get into roll calls at some point soon. Close. I mean, the season is kind of around the corner. We've got two months. So, I mean, roll calls, now that I think about it out loud, are going to start up soon. And for those of you tuning in for the first time now, I don't know why you're tuning in to your first episode of a Yankees podcast on January 25th. But welcome in. Uh, for those that don't know, the roll calls are just 15-minute individual player episodes for every player on the Yankees, profiling them looking at what they did last year, what they what we think that they can do this year, checking against their zips projections, all that stuff. Um, a lot of fun, good content. Uh, be on the lookout for that. But in the meanwhile, we'll we'll think of some creative things to talk about because I doubt there's going to be anything. Oh, well, we're, we're obviously I mean, going to be talking I mean, about... Spring, spring training profile. starts in a month. We'll talk about the Jerkson Profile signing next week. But <laughs> Think they'll make a big trade or anything? Or you no. think we're done? We're done. No. And I'm happy with it. I mean, I'm happy Cash, with where we left Cashman it. said that he'll he's going to be the left fielder, so I doubt the yeah. GM. If the, D, well, if the GM year, saying it, I don't think anything else is going to happen. Me, Unless he's pulling the wool over Last year he told us Gio Urshela was the starting shortstop and traded him 12 hours later. All right, well, then if he can reverse well, that trade this year, that'd be, hope a, so. good, that'd be a good final move. Oh, I, mean, I, I don't want to care. shortstop for the Angels now. Yeah, that's pretty cool, honestly. I feel like every... Yankee goes to the Angels to just play shortstop. Every Yankee shortstop. Yeah. Velasquez, Wade. So I guess There's neither of those Angels are doing well then. If 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 <laughs> is shortstop, I guess both of those shortstops I mean, the are Angels not are disgraced. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. his lies but let me go my boy randy he's a preacher my girl megan she's been teacher of the year i swear for five years in a row i've got some famous friends you
When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.